0: Before we get started with communion, I just wanted to mention uh uh one announcement that phil to mention this morning and it's about a challenge health challenge to our men we're going to be starting a health challenge um, to our men in terms of our physical uh health well being weight and so forth so um I'm going to we're going to bring more details to you and uh it's, um, it's going to be led by uh, Brother Aaron Tatum Massey, so we thank the Lord for his uh, bringing this to us and proposal. Basically, it is as a team, man, it's a voluntary thing, but we want to challenge you to do it. We're going to uh, um, keep track of our total weight of all of us together, and uh, we're going to, to see how we can uh, decrease that by, what is it, 20% is our goal over the year. So it's not a short-term plan. It's a long-term, a year plan and see how uh, as we weigh in um, uh, once it's once a month, first Wednesday I think um, of the month we'll weigh in privately, um, confidentially uh, but we'll keep that total um, mark and see if we can, can, can bring that down. So for that reason, for the month of January, I haven't been dieting at all. I want to start off at the, the high figure, and then we can start, you know, trimming it down. So I knew this was coming up, so somebody said I have a well-rounded figure. It's uh, it's going to get chiseled away as we go, <laughs> go throughout the year. But no, that is our, our challenge, and uh, what we'll do is um, we'll, we'll give more details to that um, as we go along specifically. Specifically, this Wednesday, Aaron. Did you have anything you like to add to that to uh, clarify or explain? Yeah. Okay. So, looking forward to the challenge, man. Let's let's uh, let's have fun with it and, and see what we can accomplish over the year. All right. So, let's get ready for communion tonight. This is the first Sunday of the month and on a Sunday evening, the first Sunday it has been our tradition to to have communion. The um, Word of God has instructed us that we should do this and we should remember what Christ has done. And so we want to do that. Now, I'm going to ask our leaders if they will come forward and as they come would you turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 8. I chose this passage, it goes along with a theme from this morning. And I want to look at Romans chapter 8, verse 18 on. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Pause there. Um, The good news coming from this morning's message is is how Job lamented over his suffering, and, and he was trying to express that. Well, the good news is is that our suffering, um, though difficult it may be, is nothing compared to the glory that we're going to experience in the future. And this glory ties in with the Lord's Supper in that the Lord's Supper helps us remember what Jesus did so that we might have This future glory. So let me continue on in the reading. Romans 8 verse 19. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now, and not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. Just put that in, in everyday words. Because of sin, all of God's creation is suffering, including us, and we eagerly anticipate the time when that suffering will end, and that's the time when Christ returns and establishes his kingdom. Verse 24, for in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is is seen is not hope, for who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. I'm pausing, just stop the reading there. But it relates to us that in our sufferings, we cannot always put into words what it is we need from God. Um, and and if it's not words, perhaps it's that that groaning, inward groaning, um, because of our sufferings. But the Holy Spirit is able to take that which we can't put into words and bring our real need to God the Father and to um, intercede for us with the true help that we need or expression of that help to the Father that we need even when we don't know what we need and so we're thankful to God how he ministers to us even in our suffering even in our, the turmoil that we experience through life we have the Holy Spirit with us to, to help Um, relate our need our true need to the father and he he ministers to us based on that so what does this have to do with communion tonight communion we remember what christ did on the cross and it is what he's done that that gives us that benefit that we just talked about of of having a help in the holy spirit uh having someone that we can speak to and uh understand our needs and respond to our genuine needs all because jesus paid the price for our sin and established us as his children took us in he did that by shedding his blood on the cross remember christ and what it means as we take communion today we take the uh two parts of that we have um that cracker or wafer that represents his body his body was put on the cross and crucified We have that juice that represents his blood. His blood was shed. His life was taken. He was killed on the cross. And he paid in his death the price for our sin. Remember Christ as we come together. Father, thank you for this time of communion. We pray that we prepare our hearts and that we might uh, just reflect and think about what Christ did and what it means for us that he died on the cross for the sins of those who trust in him and how we have eternal life because of his death and his resurrection. Thank you now in Jesus' name. Amen. And we prepare our hearts, and what we're going to do is ask Brian if he would lead us in a word of prayer, but first give us a moment of silence that we can be in prayer during that silence to ask God to help us uh, have a right heart, have a right thought and and thinking and attitude as we go into our communion time. So if there's anything that you need to ask God's forgiveness for, um, you want to thank him for, for something you haven't thanked him for, what you want to focus and reflect on what He's done and how our hearts can be uh, have a right attitude as we take communion. Would you reflect and pray on that as we have that moment of silence and then Brian
1: lead us in prayer? Lord, we thank you (coughs) for being your children lord how you have adopted us and how your spirit is in us and because your spirit is in us lord and we know your word we are able to examine ourselves in your mirror and so lord we call on you lord to show us where we have not been where we should be show us the truth about ourselves lord things that we ought to confess and forsake and repent of if there's anything that we have against our brother or sister against our spouse or our friend against somebody that's in the church that we know we've done wrong and we need to confess of lord i pray lord that we would confess that sin if there's something that we have that's against someone else we think that they have done us wrong lord i pray lord that we would obey your word go to that person and rectify that situation but while that is still not resolved we ought not take part of your communion we pray lord that we will be those who want to have a short account with you lord we don't want to come to you every once in a while and then ask you to forgive all these sins that we've done the whole week or the whole month or since the last time we had communion we want to be those who want to keep forsaking and confessing and repenting every day. Sometimes, multiple times during the day, we have to do it, Lord. Closer to you, and we want to be honest with ourselves. So, help us to be those who are straightforward with our faith, Lord, and what we are doing. Help us to do what we know to do. Help us to approach communion with faith, Lord, with confidence that we're doing what is right so that you will reward our faith with your blessing. The
0: front row on both sides. So for a word of prayer, we're going to ask Cliff if he would offer prayer, thanking God for these elements. um, Our wafer or cracker that represents Jesus' blood and if Lawrence would pray for the juice juice that represents his blood, the wafer that represents his body.
1: Heavenly Father, we pause before you tonight, Lord, thanking you for the sacrifice you made on Calvary's cross. You gave your life for us, Lord. It should have been us on the cross and tonight as we partake of the cracker, Lord, we do so in remembrance of the the ultimate sacrifice that you gave that made it possible for us to be adopted as sons and daughters of God. We pray uh, that as we take the, the wafer, Lord, the cracker, that we understand that it's nothing magical about it or mystical. We just do it in remembrance of you. Bless it now in your name. Amen lord we just come before you tonight just thanking you for what this juice represents lord the blood that was shed um for our sins lord and we just thank you and praise you for being the god who was willing to step out of his place in heaven and die for us in our place lord i just pray now as we take this cup lord that we are reminded of that lord that we think of every aspect of our lives where that blood has covered us lord in those areas of our lives where um, we have felt downtrodden lord your blood has covered us lord and those areas of our lives where we have felt um, alienated from you, it restores us to a right relationship with you, Lord, and we just thank you for that. Just pray that you just bless us now and bless this time. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
0: represents Jesus's body. His body was prepared that it might be a sacrifice. The Lamb of God that Sacrifice self for our sins. Remember Christ then as we eat together. juice represents jesus's blood it doesn't become anything magical but it does represent that he had to shed his blood to secure our salvation it is his blood that god accepts as the payment that he had to die the sinless sacrifice had to die for our sake where we should have been remember christ then as we drink together This is the second time in the year that we've taken communion. This is the month of February, and again, we don't know what God has in store for us. Our prayer is that we'll be faithful until he comes. When will he come? We don't know, but we ought to be faithful until he comes. We ought to be faithful serving him. What are you trying to uh, accomplish for Christ in the time that he has given you? Would you be faithful? serving him here. Would you be faithful in taking his word out to be a testimony in your life and with your lips as well? Uh, Let's return to our seats then as we complete our communion service now. We've had a number of Bible questions or questions um, concerning our Christian walk Um, that we've looked at and entertained. We've had some discussion with those questions. Uh, Before I pull out a new one today, um, let's talk about, uh, let's give us some time to, uh, we've digested some of those questions. Do you have any thought or feedback on some of the things that we've talked about? Um, Perhaps something that is a follow-up question to you that you might like us to, to speak on. Any? Let's take the topic then that presents presented to us in Job. Um, any discussion? Any questions on that? Today we talked about uh, proper expression of of our anguish, our suffering, our torment, our toils, um, our hardships. Um, how how are we to express that. We talked about the difference between um, wishing that our suffering could end and trying to kill ourselves. Um, So we talked about... uh, And I I think those are pertinent issues uh, today because suicide is so prominent, especially amongst our our young generation. Um, And some are... uh, some may be tempted to think about that in, in, in Christian terms. In fact, I've heard that thought before, that if I know that I'm saved, then what is the difference that if, if I take my own life and I, um, I know I'll be going to, to heaven when I die? And so um, that thought is no justification for suicide. There is no justification for suicide. The Bible does not ever leave that as uh, an act that can be done as pleasing to God. It is a sinful act. it is the taking of one 's own life and today we discussed how it is um, uh, uh, unwillingness to accept the sovereignty of God and His plan and purpose for our lives and trying to institute something else. So we talk more about how we should um, how we can, in fact, um, deal with our own turmoil and suffering and hardships and not get to that point of, of that. And I think that's where Job was. He, he could freely express, I've experienced so much grief that I wish it would go away. I wish it could end in death. I'd be at peace in death. But he does not say that um, I want to or will or plan to take my life you had a question or uh huh Mm -hmm. that's a very good point that's exactly what Jesus did he um, submitted himself to the full will of his father which included enduring the, uh, the trying, the most trying of circumstances. Enduring the suffering that he endured. Um, I'm, I'm really afraid that, that a person can be so misguided as to think that they're trusting in Christ and think that they will be okay in suicide when in fact they may not in fact be trusting in Christ and may commit a final act that they can never recover from. Um, and, and I think that's the caution I know I have as a, as a Bible teacher in, 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 in trying to steer people um, from ever getting to, to that point. But the second caution is that is that even if you are um, a true believer and you think you can end your life that way, you are practicing wrong thought in theology. A person who thinks that way is thinking. Selflessly, instead of thinking of glorifying God. They are not following God's plan. And uh, they, they are sinful in that thought. So um, that's not something that we should entertain. That's not something for us as believers to think is an option to our suffering. And uh, my point to, today was to make that that's not one of Job's op- options. He simply expressed that he felt that burden and that troubled that he would want his life to end but not that he would want to end it himself there is a clear distinction between those two i hope we uh, we understand that hope we can help others to understand that too any other comments questions i'm reminded you oh go, go ahead And I think in writing it this way, God wants us to think through those things. Um, he wants to think through um, our, our, our sufferings. He wants us to contemplate, to, to meditate, to, to work through some of that and, and to wrestle with it. That's one thing that um, we don't often see that our need to wrestle, to wrestle with those uh, tough issues and tough concepts why am I going through this, to wrestle with that. I don't have an answer. I don't know why, um, but I am going through, and I am to keep a proper attitude as I go through, and yet I struggle with that. Uh-huh, right. You, you uh, like
1: that.
0: That's a good point. We don't know. We need the wisdom to discern how long is long enough. Um, we made the point this morning that Job sat in silence for a period of time. Is that a magical formula for us to use seven days? Um, or does it simply signified that there is a time for that, and then there's a time for moving from that to to expression? And uh, our prayer is that we learn to discern God's wisdom and his spirit as he shows us um, when it's time to get up and when it's time to, to, to speak and express so that we can grow on from there we can see the danger if Job was content to just stay in his silent mode it's almost like a self-destructive mode that can happen if he stays there it's healthy too it, it's needed for a point but then if you stay there and you don't commune and fellowship with others um, um you can be in a self-destructive mode And we can also see that um, if you interrupt that mode too soon, it can be a a danger in that. You have to allow that person um, in their own working through, and you can't force them out of that or force them to speak, even if they're wrong to stay in that. You really can't jolt them out of that, um, but skillfully perhaps bring them. And that's, that's the thing that we're not given in Job. We're not given... What the skill is in taking them from one point to the other, we don't know that. We have to ask God's wisdom and His grace to help us do that um, um, in our own lives or in the help we want to give towards a friend. Think. I saw your hand.
1: That is.
0: And to no sin of his own, as you mentioned. Um, and we'll see later on that we, we can, you said that the, the world's um, tendency is to just medicate. And I don't say it this way the world's tendency is pretty much to treat everything the same. And it's not the same. Job's friends are going to make some assumptions about him that simply aren't true. And they're going to apply truth to him. I, I'm really fascinated in, in Job's friend's response. we'll start to see that um, in the next chapter. And what overall what we're going to see is many of the things that they say are true but not appropriate or not specific to Job. And so we can't treat everything the same. We need wisdom to work through uh what god will have us and here's the part i didn't cover this morning but i want to take a look at it at least i don't think i covered it um look at job 28 a couple verses in. did i cover that this morning job 28 28 job chapter 28 i didn't cover that did i So let me just look at a few verses there, and then we'll wrap things up. Um, this is under the caption of a good friend allows and encourages both that time of silence and reflection, and that time of expression in appropriate words, and even guides a person through that. So, Job twenty-eight. We'll look at verses one, two. And three, surely there is a mine, this is Job speaking, surely there is a mine for silver and a place for gold that they refine, iron is taken out of the earth, copper is melted from the ore, man puts an end to darkness and searches out to the farthest limit, the ore in gloom and deep, out to the farthest limit, the ore in gloom and deep darkness. Um, I'm just going to skip down a few verses, verse 12 and 13. But where shall wisdom be found? He's basically saying, you know, we dig mines to find iron or to find precious metals and so forth. But how do we find wisdom? That's where he skips to in verse 12 and 13. But where shall wisdom be found and where is the place of understanding? Man does not know its worth and it is not found in the land of the living. Verse 23 and 24, and I'll skip down to God understands the way to it, and he knows its place. For he looks to the ends of the earth and sees everything under the heavens. I'm just going to summarize that chapter, and those verses that are ready to pick them out because I think they bring out the gist of what the chapter is saying. He's saying we can search and search and search and search for wisdom and for what we need, But we will not discover it. God has that wisdom for us. Only he has it. Let's get it from him. So let's spend some time. If if you're a friend, spend time asking God for the wisdom. Otherwise, we end up making assumptions or we end up treating everything the same and it's not the same ask him for that wisdom now how does he give that wisdom he gives it through his word he gives it through a counsel of his people he gives that through his holy spirit he gives it but he gives wisdom James says if you need wisdom ask him he'll give it to you but let's ask for that wisdom it comes from God and we desperately need it to deal with the circumstances of life like this complicated matter here this is complex This is real life. Just a minute. This is real life. This is tough. This this is not easy. We don't automatically have answers to it. Job's friends certainly didn't, and they were wise. But we need to to get it from God. We need to search. We need to ask him to give us what it is we need, whether we're responding for ourselves or for the sake of others. And that's, that's the thing I want to draw out from this chapter 28. Yes, What it is, we often say, God, tell me why. And what we need to say simply is, God, help me. Help me. God, help me right where I am. Um, Job has a lot of questions, as we have a lot of questions of why this happened. God, what kind of God are you? Why are you doing things the way that you're doing? We have all those questions. And what God wants us to say is, we don't know. We need to ask him for help. Help us through this. He doesn't give us perfect understanding. He doesn't explain all things to us. He doesn't do that in Job. Doesn't do that to Job. Doesn't do that for Job. But we need to ask him for help. Lord, just help me work through this. And help me as I trust in you, even though I don't understand the intricacies of what I'm dealing with. The world does not know either. And oftentimes, what I see is they act like they know and they give a solution, but they don't know. So That solution is not going to resolve it. And it's insufficient. God knows, and even the answer that that comes from God doesn't resolve all of our issues or answer all of our questions. That's not what God is trying to do. You see how he deals with Job. He doesn't answer all of his questions. That's not his objective. But he comforts and cares for Job and brings him along. That's what we should ask for God. That's what we should expect from him. I wonder if we could interview Job at the end and we ask him what did he learn <laughs> think about that as we go through what has he learned I think we could summarize that in, into a very thought thing I've learned to trust God I've learned to rest upon him in the midst of my trials can I say that I've learned that no I'm going to work through that for the next trial that I have I don't even know when that is or what that's going to be and so instead of fretting about that I just say Lord you're sufficient for the next trial and when that comes I'm going to work through this I, I, I do like the, the thing that that um, Job is pouring his heart out And at the end of it, he still does not have all the answers. He's pouring it out. He's expressing that. But that's part of the process that God is using to uh, bring him closer to himself and um, cause him to rest in him. And uh, that may seem scary um, to to some of us, um, but but I think Job would say, I'd have it no other way. I've learned to lean on Jesus. I've learned to trust in him. I've learned to find comfort in him and in him alone. So, yeah, we'll be satisfied with these concrete answers. We're not getting them. But that's okay. We have a concrete God, an all-sufficient God. And we don't know what God knows. We never will, never will we'll always be able to rest on him and trust in him. Let's close our time in prayer. Father, help us as we look through your word. Be mindful. Monitoring ourselves to see how we're getting along. Help us to be um, walking through um, our trials in right ways so that we can help others. You said we'll be able to comfort others with the comfort that we receive. So, Help us to um, have these experiences that, that we can uh, work through so that we can be a help and encouragement to each other. We pray this now in Jesus' name.